and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig, and it is the last episode of Not Too Deep for the year 2021. So I thought, how fitting, appropriate, and sweet is it to have the one and only Elliot Morgan join me for this episode. If you don't know, Elliot Morgan is my best friend and also my fiance. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for being here. You've been a guest uh, one, more than one time? Maybe one or two times. I don't know. At least one time. At least one time, yeah. But you've been, I think, not by yourself on the podcast. Sure. Okay, great. We've done a separate one, just the two of us. Yeah, we had a short lived, fever dream ish uh, podcast called Pilot On. We had a pandemic podcast. We had a pandemic (laughs) podcast, and that's a sign that a podcast is really going to stick. When you decide to go for it in a time of uncertainty and turmoil. Hey, you know, some podcasts go out with a bang and ours went out with a, nah, we don't really. Oh, yeah. Ours went out the way (laughs) that you snuff out a match. Exactly. It's just very quiet. How are you doing, Grace? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here, Elliot. I don't really have... I know. I, I'm one. I'm nervous. You are. And yeah, it's very cute. Two. I've already done all of the tropes of not too deep with you on this podcast before, so we don't have anything prepared. Um, thought that this episode, I have a little bit of a, an interview um, with a company that I had talked to a few months ago that we'll get to later, but I thought that maybe before that, you and I would just kind of have a casual conversation kind of wrapping up the year, reflecting on different variables throughout it, etc. Let's get into it. Okay. What do you, do you want me to start? (laughs) I talked to you before this and was like, I don't know what we should talk about. And you were like, don't worry, I'll interview you. Yeah, let's dive into it. Grace, how are you doing? (laughs) Deep down. Talk to me. Open up. Yeah, do you like... Get deep. Well, do you like that question? Because I do feel like I've asked so many people over the course of this year in so many different ways how they're doing. And I do find that for different people, it's a very... um, It's a question that doesn't reveal how they're doing, but only reveals how ready they are to talk about how they're doing. That's a great uh, observation. I have a follow-up question about it. Yeah, see how I evaded that question (laughs) by making just observations? I can help you... And I love that I'm seeing now what you've been doing on the uh, whiteboard over here, which you guys can't see on camera or certainly on audio. But there is a ear that has an arrow pointing out of it that has a big dick. Yeah, that's from a uh, live stream that Mamer and I did earlier. Oh, very funny. Okay, so here's my question. Mm -hmm. If you were to mix up all of the answers into a blender of when you've been asking people how they're doing Mm -hmm. and pour it into a big old reflective smoothie, what would it taste like? Ooh, it would. What's your vibe from the amalgamation of the Because you've talked to a lot of people this year. Yeah. I think you have have feedback on the general, a weird kind of scientific, qualitative, not quantitative. uh, Well, I'm um, awful at like representing flavors. Self talk. So I think. You're great at representing flavors. (laughs) As someone that's uh, primary grocery store shopping occurs at 7 Eleven. I would say that it would be a flavor profile that is confusing on the palate where you can't really discern 
what from what? Is there yeah. citrus? Is there sweetness? Is there smokiness? Is mm, there what? Meatiness. And then there's like a bite afterwards, a <laughs> like a sharpness afterwards. Yeah. I think the general, at least from my talking to a lot of different people that are artists for the most part in different avenues, is that everyone's kind of in a a moment of either having pivoted and knowing what they're doing and going forward with something or kind of figuring out what their pivot is right now. And I can relate going towards something. Yeah, go on. No, that's all I said. (laughs) If you can relate in what way can you relate to that? Everything you said, I was like, I can relate to that. As you burp inside of your own mouth. I I truly, okay, whatever. (laughs) I'll be very honest with you guys. We had, uh, it was my idea and we, and we're, we're going to get into new year's resolutions in a little bit, but we ordered pizza last night. Yeah. Uh, and it ruined my next day. It's, uh, a very, um, it's just indicative that sometimes as you grow in life, you have to change your behaviors. And mine has, uh, has def- I've gotten to that point and I feel very, uh, physically today, I felt very bad from uh, a, an excess amount of Domino's pizza. <laughs> well, I'm thankful that you were able to muster up enough energy to sit here it's and talk with me about it you know? and to really reveal your best. truth and be vulnerable with all of us. How are you doing, Grace? <laughs> you can't keep coming back to that. You're not answering the question. The question is, I think and what I've heard from everyone is fine mm-hmm. which is no one wants to hear fine it's not fun but it's honest is that I'm fine yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that everyone's like I said trying to figure everything out and it's wild times to figure everything out mm-hmm how are you doing, Elliot? Fine, babe. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> and see, when you say that, I say, "Thank you so much for telling no, me." No, I am a. Gr- I am. I, you could not imagine someone more right in between good and bad. Okay. I am. I'm. Uh, I should deserve like the a- metronome just stopped in the middle. <laughs> no, no music. Uh, the music is stopped. And it's the rhythm of music is just playing one note. Yep. And it's like I have nothing to complain about, and I have nothing to go. Oh boy, this is exciting. Okay. Uh, well, except it- for being, you know, I love you very much, and that's all great. But you know, we're, we're not getting into that. Like that's well, if we're gonna get deep, because you've already um, kind of set that course for this rambling bit. How do you think that you get out of being fine? Why do you need to get out of being fine? That's the other question. Do you need to get out of it? I don't think you do. Okay. In fact, I think fine is what many people would kill for. Really? Yeah. So true. Who you know? Let's let them. Uh, let's 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 embrace the uh, the fineness. But uh, you have to embrace the contradiction of good and bad constantly in every moment of life. And that's my big deep comment well i will say that you and i have both decided heidegger said no (laughs) well on that note ish you and i in the last year uh plus have decided to go to grad school and i get a lot of questions about um making that decision and how and why um and so i turn those questions over to you as someone that is currently in a phd program and who's, you know, on paper history of comedy and entertainment and digital creation doesn't necessarily lend itself to that being the next step for you. How did you make that decision? Because I do think a lot of people are making decisions that feel on paper 
very radically out of the path that they've been in? It's a great question, Grace. Um, and it's a very... That's a real, yeah, it's a real question. Yeah, it's a very and, complex answer. So I'm going to try to unpack it to the best of my ability. I okay. would say that... And I've seen you unpack a suitcase. And it doesn't go and well. it's chaos. Absolutely. It's an explosion. So yeah. here we go. Poof. Uh, I would say the there, it's a twofold answer. Mm-hmm. One is that the most important one is I followed uh, my gut and I followed my... What does that mean? Because that's like a, a, a phrase tough. that... I hear, I also pay attention to, but it sounds so, you know, like a poetic throwaway. Yeah, I think gut is when your inner um, emotions and your your stomach and your pulse lines up with what your brain is doing, which also lines up with what the outside world is doing. And so for me in the moment of deciding to go to grad school, all those things lined up and I then shot from the hip a little bit. Mm. And so that's the second part of it where I would say following your gut is not necessarily um, like the be all and end all of decision making. I think following your gut is has a downside where you have to then go, oh, this is actually a big, very serious thing. But I was very like, this makes sense. I'm going to do this and have faith that it's going to work. And then, uh, well, having faith is a big part of it too. It is, it is a big part. And so you go, uh, all right, let's see what happens. And, uh, I've lucked out a little bit, um, in a way that has only affirmed my, my shooting from the hip, but I would not say that everyone should just shoot from the hip constantly. You're talking about your gut, your hip, you're really listening to your hips. What happens if they lie? You get, get rid of my toes. <laughs> when, you're to- when you feel it in your toes. Uh, yeah, but it, it was truly like a... Um, oh, oh, and to be very honest, I looked at... I was very... Um, I think that you have to have a con- a conscious awareness of... Uh, you didn't want this for your podcast. No, I do. This, this is the end of the year. And this is something that I haven't had a chance to really kind of explain in depth um about what our current like situations are behind the scenes of the limited yeah. things we post on the internet now yeah i i very limited so yeah. limited but i um i was very like uh let's look at be aware of the fact that you're going to die one day as dark mm-hmm. as that is and i hate to bring it down on this uh episode of not too deep but um being aware that you have so many years left to live and i was like what do i want to do 10 years from now do mm-hmm. i want to be doing do I want to be going to comedy clubs and trying to write a funny thing or do mm-hmm. I want to dive into what something in my soul is saying I should uh, I should go for it? And so I went that direction and it was a, a very like, okay, I have this many years left on the planet. This is going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of money and I'm going to go do it and see what happens because uh, I only have one life to live basically. So yeah. there's a little bit of weird nihilism, weird, weird little bit of like, oh, okay, let's do this because. Um, uh, the wondering what not? if yeah yeah and i don't want to be 10 years from now i would hate to look back and go man i could have like i could have i could know about this stuff if i had really By studied now. it but i yeah but also you had an interest already that was kind of something you indulge in in fundamentalists with peter rollins and dr peter rollins dr peter rollins He's so angry <laughs> if you don't call him how he does uh but it was already kind of like a side passion ish that was kind of uh like informally played around with that you decided to take on more formally yeah and and disagreeing with him on certain levels and having no 
um, ground to stand on and being like, man, I don't know enough. I feel a certain way about it, but uh, being able to learn from every angle has been uh, really just so great. So yeah, I have no... um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are trying to make very difficult decisions of entering into something that interests them or that, you know, stirs their curiosity, but there's no certainty in what lies ahead if they decide to go in that direction. I think this past year and even going now into the new year, that's going to become way more um, prevalent for, for people. And it's interesting to hear, I think, from people that are doing it. Well, how how are you doing? You're doing it as well, Grace. You I are am. also in a <laughs> program. And it's interesting because we joined separate programs in the same school and they kind of complement each other. So we have a lot of the similar, um, the book lists will often have things that one of us have Crosses already gotten. Yeah, and it's so exciting. Like you're reading now um, or getting into a little bit of Jung's Red Book, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I've had a whole class on red book so it's so fun well for people that don't yeah for people that don't know we're in a programs how do you describe them well you're in what's called engaged humanities and creative life or Mm -hmm. something like that so you're in an arts-based program that's a master's program yeah yeah and it's very humanities based i'm also in a psychology program that it's a type of psychology that is very based in kind of art and uh creativity which is very fun yeah archetypal psychology is very based on like and art in art yeah symbols metaphors all of it i do think that when you and i started dating it was already very nice to have um the camaraderie of youtube and digital content creation within our like connection and then now moving into this it's equally nice to have the camaraderie of being in similar complementary but different programs um, which so fun feels like cheating in the school to have someone in my house that yeah. <laughs> has all the books and knows a little bit more about uh, what I'm learning about in my program. But I will say for me to take the plunge to decide uh, to sign up for this program was that, uh, I mean, I spent a few years feeling very disenchanted by what I was doing um, online and feeling very lost, but feeling like yeah, the pressure to keep up all the time. So it's like this hamster wheel of like, mm-hmm. just is this how it's supposed to feel? <laughs> like I don't know that it supposed felt this way. And, <laughs> and I have a hard time of um, committing to the feeling of burnout and truly creating boundaries and commitment in general. And the uh, like, deciding or recognizing when I need to step away from something that is no longer like serving me, um, especially when you feel so lucky to be working in such a cool new art platform, digital, like it just feeling like you're on the forefront of something and then feeling like it doesn't connect with you, ironically in how much connection you have and needing something else and also just needing structure um, Mm because working in a, you know, online content creator capacity, you truly lack structure unless you create it for yourself. And some people are very, very great at creating that for themselves. And I had to recognize that I am not. God bless you. 
Some people are really good at that. Uh, one of the things that I like about the area of uh, depth psychology is the idea that your uh, symptoms, your like tendencies to feel certain things are more like warning lights or or the you know on the dashboard kind of you know check engine lights that pop up and uh when you talk about like burnout and stuff i think there's a loop you can get into where you're like oh i'm burnt out so that means i need to pause and then mm-hmm. do it all over again do the same thing and, again and yeah, i'll feel refreshed but, the, but doing the same thing yeah but the burnout might be going like no you we're done we're done with this now like let's mm-hmm. do something slightly different or do it in a different way and that's a very fun it, it just gives you a different way of uh, looking at stuff which i think is cool yeah and also just having um so much momentum in one area it's very hard to like you said, have faith that try you can gain momentum in another area. Yes, it's very terrifying all the time, <laughs> every day. <laughs> but I do think that uh, there's so many people out there that are trying to figure out what their pivot is without knowing. And I'll tell you, from my like point of view, I'm over halfway through this grad school uh, situation, and I still have no real clarity on what I'm going to do with this experience in grad school because. I think part of it, I'm so conclusions based that if I start something, I want to know what the benefit is. I want to know what I will be doing. I want to know what script I'll be writing, what book I'll be writing, what thing I'll be doing. That's an egoic egoic perspective. I know. Dominating your psyche. There's many voices. It was so hard for me to recognize that I'm a person that is so desiring of certainty. And, uh, because I thought people that uh, were neurotically desiring of certainty were like uncool and <laughs> to quote Luann cool. Deliceps, uh, don't be all uncool. Well, I was all uncool. And so I, I, so and I, cool. but I, I think the cool thing is like free falling into something that resonates with your gut. Like you were saying yeah, earlier, and then recognize that something in you wanted that and got it. So it's, and nice that you thing. have to be in it. You have to be in the uncertainty and the weird cloudy uh, part of it and try to have faith that there's something on the other side. That's important. Yes. Mostly, <laughs> but also don't do it for the faith. Uh, don't worry about the faith. Okay. Well, <laughs> look, uh, if you want to get it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Limp Biscuit, you gotta have faith. Gotta have- Wait, to quote Limp Biscuit, <laughs> faith is fine. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep with Elliot Morgan and some other stuff. Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here. Wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store the App Store and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. <laughs> and we're back! Hi. Um, now we've talked about how we've gotten into grad school being in grad school maybe we move away from grad school a little bit and Please. just talk about generally moving into 20 
2022. Well, okay, let's dive into it, Grace. Because <laughs> this is the last episode of 2021, which I feel like was an accordion. You know, it started real slow and then it's like it's got squeezed and all of a sudden a polka song yeah. came on <laughs> and it went real fast. <laughs> it is like a polka song. Yeah. yeah. 2021 has been a polka song. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about New Year's resolutions. All right. So. Yeah. I haven't really thought. I I don't necessarily think through New Year's resolutions every year. Totally. I used to try and do it a little bit, but that's also just me loving fresh starts. Exactly. Um. But do you have New Year's resolutions? So many. Really? Okay. Where do I begin? Okay. I use it as a checklist for all the things I want to change about my life. Okay. So it's very long. Okay. All right. Can you give us like, what are your top three to five? Okay. Well, first though, let me just say something about New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Which is, uh, I'm a big fan because I think it's very rare that you have a chance to, to just, it's very rare that we collectively have a reason to be like, okay, let's restart a little bit. I think it's beautiful. Oh, you mean that it's socially I like it. acceptable. Like I it's li- a, yeah. it's the social current. The same way on. I like Christmas and how it's a holiday. Cause you, you can know. restart whenever you want. Right. But when else is everyone kind of thinking the same thing? But that's my question. That. Okay. That's my question is that does that matter? I think it does. Okay. I, I think it's nice. I think it's a, one of the okay. few kind of rituals we have left uh, in this uh, this hellscape that okay. we're in. Uh, but cool. I, I love the idea of just being like, hey, let's let's switch things up and, and doing it together. And people always go, well, you never keep them. You yeah. never keep the resolutions. But right. I say, uh, let's... Um, give it a shot and so here's what you're adding <laughs> yeah okay all right no mcdonald's norm mcdonald's norm mcdonald's <laughs> yeah which no some McDonald's. uh no mcdonald's no for taco you. bell no taco bell no fast food or just those two particular fast food well here's the deal sometimes you want comfort food right Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's ways around getting com- i love fast but food. comfort food can be slow cooked food exactly Okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. So what are you saying? (laughs) What are you saying? (laughs) I'm saying no Taco Bell, no McDonald's. No fast comfort food. Well, okay. So I got to be very specific. (laughs) KFC. For myself. Popeyes. Del Taco. I didn't say any of those things. Jack in a box. All allowed. Those are all allowed. I'm saying that these particular foods. Because these are your, these are your number ones and twos. Right. They give you the twos and twos. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They they do's and do's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I would say no McDonald's, no Taco Bell, no Domino's based on recent events. Mm, okay. Uh, but here's the deal. There's two different types of resolutions. There's withdrawal uh-huh. and there's addition. Okay. The withdrawal is easy. I can take things away. Okay. But the addition is the difficult part. So what do you want to add in the new year? For me, that's just constant uh, exercise. So my goal is to four a year workout five to seven days a week wow yeah because i was doing that for a while and I, it was great and i love what it. do you think about and i miss it so i i know i can do it so i want to keep keep doing that right here here's my follow-up question to that i i have concern or curiosity about the idea of not for you in particular but in general for people that make resolutions that seem to take them from zero to 60 in what their lifestyle had been and that to me seems what makes resolutions not sustainable is yeah. that when you make a complete about face and you change your lifestyle abruptly and unsustainable 
And how can you, you can maintain that for a little bit, but then you become so... <laughs> well, here's, okay. So, all right. Because that feels like all, on paper, all sounds cool. Here's my general theory with New Year's resolutions. Uh, if you can make it two months in any of them, mm-hmm. uh, I count that as a win. I'm like, you did it. And so... If- so, year's over. So by March, I you're back say, on you Taco Bell, no uh, working out. I'm just saying if you go two months and then... Though, here's, <laughs> so you're a pendulum. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> I see what you're doing and no, ma'am. Uh, you, you do it for that amount of time and mm-hmm. then you assess and you go, do I want to keep doing this for myself? Is, it, is my life better as a result of doing this for the past two months? And then you're no longer doing it because it's New Year's resolution. You're doing it because you've seen, you've reaped the rewards of having some discipline in your life. Or and I think we can both agree, me having discipline in my life is not the worst case scenario. I, I, I whatever discipline looks like for you that makes sense. I can't make those decisions for you. I just think that knowing myself, if I go in one direction and then extreme swing past back to the other direction. I'm not. How do I sustain a middle ground? Right, it's all beautiful, you know. The pendulum <laughs> swings. It's a. That's the but so are baby. you? Okay. So when you think about New Year's resolutions, do you think about them solely existing in the new-ish part of the year, and then the rest of the year, or do you think about New Year's resolutions to sustain throughout the course of the year? Because I do think people yes. forget that New Year's resolutions. They only keep them in the new part of the year because it's in the title of what they're deciding for themselves. I absolutely if they decide okay with that. year-long resolutions, if we had it as year-long resolutions, I think that might make people think a little bit differently about what they mean versus New Year's resolutions. Okay. All I I'm all, just saying. All I know is that if you give yourself a little bit of a runway mm-hmm. in celebration of the new year. Mm-hmm then your motivations might change as a result of those decisions. But you, you, I agree that the you can't remain motivated as a result of being like, this is my mm-hmm. New Year's resolution. So yeah. let me go ahead and scratch one of my resolutions <laughs> right now. Which one? Can I be very honest with you? Which one? I'm not giving up McDonald's. You're not going to give up McDonald's? breakfast mcdonald's is one of the greatest but things you only have it that i know of like once every couple months unless there's some that other shenanigans going on <laughs> well here's what i might say something very controversial here i think at least for me that new year's resolutions are a bit bullshit <laughs> because i am someone that loves the opportunity for what i have now learned for myself are superficial fresh starts and the idea of like the collective freshly starting and all these apps and all of these things and all of these discounted exercise equipments and food plans and all of this are wonderful at the start of the year and you do feel the collective energy of it all but then you also feel the collective drain of it all by february or march and it seems like if you want to make something for yourself that changes or sticks you have to do it at a time in which you are ready to take on that major change or stickiness. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, I used to love and still idolize like the fantasy of 
New Year's resolutions because it feels like this gimmicky thing you do. <laughs> but I have never Enter the fantasy. I do not know that any of them have ever stuck for me in previous years. So they don't resonate with me as something the goose fart. Because it like smells a, like awful. And I didn't know if your Domino's was still <sighs> having a moment. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm that's really so bad. That is uh truly uh oh, yeah, she's down there. Okay. Yeah, one yeah, for the there. record books. <laughs> uh well, anyway. I was gonna oh god. I, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> if I may. She I think she agrees with me, is what she's trying to say. Yeah, well, what I was gonna say was maybe your New Year's resolution should be to not be so cynical about New Year's resolutions. It's not and cynicism. Just the stupidity. It's not They're but stupid. See, but that's the thing. Yeah. What's wrong with being stupid? You can I be didn't think, stupid. I didn't think anything was wrong with them. I just think I'm for sorry. myself. Forgive me. <laughs> if I want to make changes that are real, the way that people treat resolutions, like I gotta do it at any point, not necessarily in the beginning of January that aligns with me yes, when I'm ready perfect, to take them on. Right. In a perfect world, you wake up tomorrow and you go, I'm going to give up Taco Bell. But <laughs> you know you're not going to do that. And so it helps to have a collective holiday where the entire okay. world around you rests and goes, what are we going to change about? It's just a nice, it's okay. a nice reset. Well, you then, know this. Other than Taco Bell and exercise, which I think are very traditional types of resolutions for people what's like your third resolution well this brings up a, a great point grace yeah which is i believe that there is a value in um certain resolutions being uh secret very private okay yeah because i agree then, then you don't you're not saying it on a podcast and feeling some sort of big social pressure yeah accountability you mean I think the biggest accountability is when you're, it's just yourself. Cause there's no bigger disappointment than when you're just like, man, I really had, don't, no one was even asking me and I still screwed it up. Well, okay. You're anticipating failure <laughs> and you're going to keep it private so that you get to be your own I've worst kept enemy. I've <laughs> failure private for so long. What are you going to do? I mean, do you want to? I don't know. I don't know. Anything. It's a fun con. It's a contest with yourself. It's a I nice think game. What I will continue to do, um, I think, is pay attention to my mental health, which is, I think, you know, very trendy now, whatever. But I do think for myself, I've, I've been internally making some strides in different directions. And I'm, like I said earlier, one of those people that wants to get to the conclusion of it. And I kind of need to sit with myself on different things. And I want to enjoy the rest of my graduate program that I have. I really yeah. want to like spend time there working on and through the stuff that I'm, I'm learning about. It's very fun to see you uh, spend many weeks going, I don't know what the fuck done. I'm doing. And then right at the end, you, you know, oh, peaks final, and valleys. And I go, time. I get this and I have something to contribute. Yeah. And then 90% of Very the time, beautiful. I'm like, what the fuck is all of this? And why the fuck do we need to learn all of this? And then I realized I, I signed myself up into this and I am the one that has put oh, myself I've in this situation. You're, you're doing great stuff. You too. Well, we have to wrap this up. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say? I mean, I love you. Thank you for having me. I love you too. <laughs> You're welcome for no, having you. Well, <laughs> was I okay? I, mean, was this... I think you were really great. All right. And um, I can't wait for all of us to be monitoring 
and tweeting at you and messaging you and checking in with you all through the course of January, February, and maybe into March about your relationship with Taco Bell, McDonald's, and exercise. I, said, I took McDonald's off the table. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you, Elliot, for being here. You. And I hope you guys enjoy um, this interview that I did months ago with the uh, team behind Psychedelic Water. Ever heard of it? Well, maybe you should. Take a listen. And we'll see you in the new year. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Okay. Okay. You <laughs> did it. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. This is unlike any episode I think I've ever done on Not Too Deep, but I am very excited to talk about things that fascinate me and uh, that I'd, I'd love to hear uh, all of your responses and ideas behind. First of all, uh, can you introduce yourselves as uh, who you are and what it is you do for Psychedelic Water? My name is Ben Rogel. Um, I am the marketing director at Psychedelic Water. Um, you know, I've been around since uh, day one, pretty much. Okay. And uh, which is so I, in I, February, so you're still under a year old, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We well, we officially launched in February, yeah. but there was a lot of work behind the scenes before we actually um, were able to launch the, our product. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And Brittany, what is your relationship to this experience? Yeah. So um, I've been working with psychedelic water for a couple months now. Um, I am building content with them and also getting the word out about the product, um, getting to talk to people on the streets over here in San Diego and letting them know about this product. Cool. Yeah. Very grassroots. And speaking of uh, getting on the streets, Keith is uh, a man about town on the street. (laughs) Just so you know, if you can hear me, I'll be, I won't be walking in a moment, but I'm, I'm the founder of Psychedelic Water, um, and I'm sort of the OG of the company, as you can see. Okay, very cool. Uh, this is what an OG does. He doesn't stop. It's always hustle. <laughs> I have, okay, I have so much curiosity. One, I'd love to hear Ben and Brittany, kind of your origin story of how did you get involved in this product? And on top of that, you know, it's such a... Um, if a, a, a triggering is not the right word, but it's such a excitable kind of concept. Uh, how do you describe it to someone that has absolutely no idea what this product is or what the mission kind of is behind the product? So, yeah, you know what? It's it's there's nothing else like it out there. Right. Um, the feeling of psychedelic water. It's to me, it's this, it's a mild sort of mood booster, makes you feel sort of chill. That makes you feel really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I personally, like I drink it very frequently because we have a, a good supply of it. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it, a lot of it for me, it depends on my mood. Sometimes okay. I'll have one in the morning before work. Okay. Um, you know, if I have a busy day ahead and I need to sort of calm myself down, sure. then uh, I'll have one before work. Um, uh, there are times where maybe it's a Thursday as well. Uh, I'm meeting up with friends after, 
instead of, you know, there's no hangovers with it. So if I want to feel okay on Friday. Yeah. So basically, so like the brass tacks of what this product is, is a, a, a like a liquid herbal supplement of, of sorts to try and kind of regulate and calm anxieties and, and the like. For sure does that, Grace. Let me tell you something. When I came up with this idea, when I came up with this idea two years ago, yeah, I was really involved. I'm still really involved in, in the cannabis industry. Right. Yeah. And I love that sector. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking there's got to be a cannabis 2.0 or 3.0. So years ago, I started researching psychedelics. And I thought, okay, this is the next frontier. Mm. I believe that psychedelics will change the world way more ultimately than mm-hmm. cannabis. It's, mm. just, it can, it's just so powering, so powerful. Mm-hmm. And the, the impact psychedelics will have over the next five years, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. Can, and and I'm, I'm a cannabis fan. Sure. But when I started, when I started researching it, I said, how the fuck am I going to do this? Yeah. Because it's illegal everywhere. Right. Right. And I, I'm an entrepreneur, so mm-hmm. I can't start a business that is going to be put out of business. Mm-hmm. I hired a, so I hired a food scientist professor from NYU mm-hmm. and a formulation company out of California. I said, here's the mandate. Okay. I want to launch the world's first psychedelic brand, but I want it to be something that I can bring into the mainstream. And I had a couple of goals. I didn't only want to create a product. Mm-hmm. I wanted to build a company around a certain ethos, something that would, I wanted to support psychedelic thinking. And what we talk about is the psychedelic state of mind. You know how there's certain people who are just closed-minded? Yeah. And there's certain people who are groundbreakers. Mavericks, yeah. risk takers, curious, adventurous, passionate about life. Yeah. To me, that is what a psychedelic state of mind is. So I always think about, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, he actually did psychedelics. Yeah. He was a psychedelic dude. Yeah. Billy Billie Eilish, whether she does psychedelics or not, she's psychedelic. There's certain people like you, Grace, are psychedelic. Well, look, I'll. This is why I'm fascinated to talk to you guys because I there's no I've talked about this in previous podcasts on other situations that I'm no stranger to mushrooms and I'm no stranger to an actual psychedelic experience. In fact, one of the most profound experiences that I had on mushrooms while I was in college uh, was that I wanted to make people laugh and it kind of catalyzed me to pursue comedy in general. And so I think when um kind of uh, take it in the right sort of like respectful way and handle it in a, in a more kind of elevated situation that it has truly profound effects on people. Like you're saying, opening up avenues of the brain, um, allowing in love and care and connection in ways that is impossible to explain in everyday life to anyone. Uh, like I'm looking at the Elmo on your shelf bed and I feel like, yeah, that is a bit of a, symbolic uh, gesture of the <laughs> kind of feeling you can get from this situation. Well, that's also my child at heart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's why it's so, because this is such a, I guess, stigmatized area to be able to kind of like dilute it into more mainstream. I'm so curious about how you guys approach all of that. That's why it's, it's very interesting to talk, use that word demystified. Yeah. That's a key priority. So, one of the first things I did when I came up with the idea was I started thinking about the trademark. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it that nobody owned the word psychedelic or psychedelic water. Wow. I was shocked. So we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars uh-huh. trademarking the word psychedelic and the word psychedelic water around the world. So we not only own those trademarks, by the way, yeah. but I thought, okay, 
I'm not trying to create a one-trick pony company here. This company is going to be far more than just our, our existing products, which are amazing. One day we'll have, we could have 20 or 30 different products, and we're going to stand for more than just products. Mm. So we also trademark psychedelic coffee, psychedelic tea, psychedelic energy. Any derivative that would make sense to you yeah. or that, that you would probably guess at, we own. Um, so st- step one was cr- getting that trademark because our thinking was we've got, we've got a bit of a mountain to climb here. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of psychedelic haters because they're closed-minded people. And there's also the legal landscape, which mm. makes no sense. Yeah. It has to change because anybody who wants to do magic mushrooms, you can have them at your door in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you talk to anyone under the age of 30, they've either tried psychedelics, they've dabbled, they've experimented, or they're thinking about trying them. Mm-hmm. So there's this reality on the ground, and then there's the legal landscape, which is a complete disconnect. So my objective and our company's objective was to insert psychedelics into everyday life. How do we do that? If you can walk, if you can go into a convenience store or a gas station and you see something called psychedelic on the shelf or psychedelic water on the shelf, yeah, that's step one in our mission to demystify and normalize psychedelics. Hmm. I mean, and then you have people like Rachel Ray talking about it, right? So I think that's gonna that's a big conduit to get into <laughs> middle America families. But I'm curious, Brittany, from your perspective as like an influencer that's trying to like you know, kind of embody this message and also market it in so many ways. Like, how did you first get involved in this company? Was this something that you found interesting and reached out about? Because I know that you do a lot of like yoga lifestyle stuff. Yeah. So for pretty much all my life, I've been really into being healthy. Even when I was younger, I'd rather eat like veggies and fruits over candy and all of that. Uh, So I've always been like, (laughs) yeah. I've always had like a health conscious mind and gravitated towards like more natural products. And, um, I recently started to, um, do yoga Mm -hmm. and not recently, but yoga teacher training and then getting my license and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I was on TikTok and saw this product and I, you know, dabble it with, um, micro dosing mushrooms sometimes. And then also the big craze right now is mushroom products, Mm -hmm. all the lattes that are coming out. Yeah. Um, so I really knew a lot of information on the medicinal mushrooms along with like the psilocybin. Mm -hmm. So when I saw this product, I was so curious about it because of the name, but knowing what else is in there, um, the kava, Damiana and green tea, which making it a psychedelic blend Mm. that doesn't like make you hallucinate or anything, but it kind of relaxes you is something that I gravitated more towards because I suffer from anxiety and stuff. So when I drink it, it really like calms me down. And, um, and plus their Instagram, our Instagram and TikTok is really a pretty amazing and creative. And I'm in a creative person along with my boyfriend. We work together. We make like creative content. Yeah. So we were like, oh my gosh, we need to make something for this brand. And then we did and then got involved with them. And it's been really cool ever since. And then just talking about the product and trying to get it out there has been great too, because everybody is curious about it. Yeah, I think that I mean, I was so curious to talk to you guys about it because I think people it provokes an interest of, oh, this is something that can help me manage or, you know, combat my anxieties on a regular level. But all I maybe heard is negative uh, commentary around it. How do I kind of manage my expectations of this? How do I manage my experience and my curiosities around it? 
I'm curious what the biggest kind of thing for you guys, other than trademarking psychedelic and psychedelic water, like what's the biggest question that you all get asked as people that work for this company and this product? Great. So first, uh, if I can just sidebar for a second around Brittany, because she did something that I think influencers out there, influencers should really take note of. Mm -hmm. She, She and her boyfriend made these great videos created this great content for without free? ever being on our <laughs> payroll. They were just so excited and they loved the product so much. And it came to our attention and we said, fuck, yeah. these people are great. <laughs> we like, even if we didn't care if they had a following or anything, we just loved that they were authentic. Yeah. They were into traditional psychedelic and they loved our product. Mm. And, and that's how the working relationship started. I wish more influencers would actually try to put some stuff out there for show your, show a connection the product yeah because good good things will follow and we pay many influence we pay you know tens of thousands of dollars to influencers mm. uh, that's that's part of the game but anyway back to some of the some of the challenges we faced this is the first product of its kind so we're right. pioneering here and when you're a pioneer you're, you're going to get blowback sometimes this is the this is the most psychedelic product we could create without going to jail <laughs> if we wanted to actually, you know, people call bullshit is that, on us. That's, that should be the log line of the product. I don't know why that's not on the box. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's true. People, yeah. are, you know, we, we, we have 40,000 customers have already bought this product. We know what their reaction is. They're telling us they get a mood boost. It chills mm. them out. They feel happier, more yeah. content. We've had, you know, Britt talked about her, her anxiety. We've had this whole constituency of young females out there who suffer from anxiety who've really embraced our product. And we've mm. been just such a disparate group of people who've supported us. For example, MMA fighters. Yeah. Without oh. us ever talking, they started reaching out to us and saying, we're using your product because it helps us get through workouts, really intense workouts. It takes wow. the edge off. But look, if people are out there, and we, t- we tell them, if you're looking for some face-melting experience, <laughs> this not is not this. the product. We're trying <laughs> to bring psychedelics to the mainstream. You will feel better. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it doesn't contain psilocybin. As I said, it's as psychedelic yeah. as a product can get today. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not um, whatever divine experience you might have while consuming the product might be part to your own experience and not the actual water. I'm so concerned. Well, I'm also curious, Brittany, you talk about the TikTok of it all. And this is like, a, mm-hmm. you know, a very viral product. Uh, but the way you guys talk about it, you want this to have long-term success. So how do you kind of combat the idea that this is just like a trend that people will pick up on TikTok and start trying because they see it show up in their algorithm versus like trying to have like the longevity of the product and the line itself? Yeah, I mean, I think the product, when you look at it, you're just like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Because the la- everything about it, it just stands out if it's the right direction. (laughs) And um, so that just like catches your eye off the bat. But once you drink it and you start to feel the effects that it actually gives off Mm -hmm. into your body, it's something that you, you know, it it hits your tongue and your tongue starts to tingle. Yeah. The kava in it. And you're like, oh, there is something in here that's magical. And then even if it's more of like, you know, there's something good in it, but you know that it's doing good hitting your tongue, going into your belly and it creates something in your mind that makes you feel good. It makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it is like, you know, placebo with whatever, what is in here, the different um, 
supplements. But, but, but placebo to us is a bad word because we're anything oh. but a, a placebo. Well, um, I'll say our, our, that I drink Red Bull constantly, and that also has uh, tongue-numbing effects and some warmness in my belly, but I don't think it's doing anything good for me at the end of the day. So I feel like you guys are kind of combating this idea of creating something that has uh, a subtlety to it. I mean, Ben, you said you drink it if you're having uh, a meeting happening <laughs> that you need to yeah. be a little more mellowed out for. I I always have cans close by. Yeah. Always. <laughs> so this um, is something that like people don't need to be kind of shocked or afraid that this is not something they could incorporate into their daily lives. Well, I think people kind of should bring it into their daily life. Yeah. You know, be like with, with so many moving pieces in society with you know careers and trying to keep up with social life and instagram social media like yeah. like why not have something that can take that edge off and incorporate it into your daily life mm -hmm. do you now see in the marketplace uh, competing products that are trying to kind of assimilate what you are doing or or have done not yet but there will there will be copycats you know we've become in a short time probably the number one consumer-facing psychedelic brand in the world. Hmm. Uh, so we, we've, we've got this head start, um, and we, we intend to use it to get to get bigger fast yeah. um, and also work on the regulatory front. We're going to start working with American politicians in the new year because we, we're trying to promote decriminalization of psychedelics and psilocybin wow. and also promote one-day legalization. Yeah. That day will come. We're probably um, five to ten years away from legalization, but there will be exceptions for therapeutic use because psychedelics, I said, will change the world. So the legal side of things must change to accommodate that reality. Wow. These are big, big ideas on the horizon for you guys. World changing stuff. We've reached the end of the podcast. I could talk to you guys for, uh, so much. I feel like I'm getting just free business advice from everyone. <laughs> I'm so fascinated and excited about the products plural, that are in the pipeline. Um, before you guys all jump off, we like to show our appreciation uh, for you guys making time. And we have created a personalized horoscope um, from us to you. And it's we've used the birth date of the company itself uh, to create this horoscope. Uh, and so any of you can jump in. Melissa, just put it in the chat if you'd like to read that horoscope aloud for the class. Dear Aquarius, water bearer of the stars, Venus and Sagittarius squares Neptune in uh, Pisces this week, which may put some pressure on your wallet and your desire to have fun. Remember the big picture and save away that money for something important in the future, such as psychedelic water at Coachella, just to watch Post Malone somehow mellow out even more backstage. <laughs> it's in the stars it's in the stars for you guys there it is uh okay before we wrap up completely where can people find psychedelic water where can they find and follow the new products that will be coming out in the future if they don't already know psychedelicwater.com just like that so easy so easy <laughs> and is it best for them to go online and order online if they're interested yeah, we'll be in a couple thousand stores next year, but the simplest way for most people across the country mm -hmm. is go straight to psychedelicwater.com or check us out on Instagram or TikTok, wherever. But psychedelicwater.com is the easiest place to buy it. 
Great. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for this well-rounded conversation from all avenues of the business. I feel very informed now. I really appreciate it. Ben, Brittany, Keith, thank you guys. Go check out psychedelicwater.com. If you guys are at all interested, it's worth your time. It's worth what else do you have to lose other than some anxiety, I guess. Uh, We'll see you guys next time on Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. This Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. (laughs) 